Hi everyone! Welcome to The 20s Project, a podcast where we, as HEC Paris students, gather people in their 20s and talk about their life stories. Hey, I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Christina. Get ready to discover career growth, self-development, and the adventures of studying abroad. So today, Jacqueline and I wanted to touch on a different topic. Um, and basically, a lot of our friends, but also family members and acquaintances, are currently, you know, either applying uh, to internship positions or also job positions uh, or might be in the future or have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we discussed it over and over and we've noticed that a lot of people don't really know about the concept of building your personal brand. So we wanted to share a little bit about, you know, what we've personally learned uh, throughout our different applications, whether to Uh, schools, but also uh, job positions and internships uh, from what we've seen, um, mainly through three main tips. Uh, and I we definitely hope that you will all be able to benefit from it. Yeah, so I think for the, in terms of the topic of personal brand, the reason why I personally also agree that it's a very important topic is because nowadays the competition is getting so much higher. It's very hard for a recruiter to remember you. So let's say we have career fairs. It's it's impossible for a recruiter to remember you after meeting 100, 200 students per day. So how are you going to let them remember you after talking to a lot of people, but also in a sense where they can remind themselves next time when they perhaps talk to their colleagues or if they think of the topic or when they think of a position they will remember you so that's something very important and I think that all starts internally from you understanding what you like you have to discover yourself and I believe uh, we both did a lot of um, self-discovery tests through like you know there's a lot of There are a lot of resources online. For example, one resource that I did with my previous employer, which is um, Clifton Strength Gallup. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a test where you are you will be given a result with like 50? No, 20. I th- how, I th- how many? I think you have five main characteristics five main. that mm-hmm. came out. And normally you don't have, like no one will have the same combination as no, you. Yeah. Because they will also be in order Exactly. And that's what is so special about this specific test. So basically it tells you which five strengths you use mostly and also it will tell you the least five or to ten strengths that you use. So for example, for me, I know that I have very high responsibility. So whenever I know what's motivating me is the responsibility of doing well in a group circumstance or in a in a team structure. So that's what really pushes me forward. But also at the same time, I'm really good at people relationship. So I know that when I'm looking for internships or when I'm applying for something, I can emphasize more on my experience with people or how I personally are able to persuade people or influence people in certain ways because of the strength that I have, that I can deal with people, that I have, I can manage and build strong relationship with people in a, in a team, something like that. So yeah, that's definitely the first step for me as in self-discovery. Absolutely. And I think for those of you who are interested in taking the test, uh, it doesn't only help you when it comes to 
you know, internships and jobs, but overall in your life, how you communicate with people, or even just when you're working in teams, um, how do you deal with that? What can you put forward? What do you need to pay attention to? I think it's also extremely valuable. So wherever you are uh, and whatever you're currently doing, I think it's always interesting to know yourself uh, and to discover, you know, new things about yourself in general. And the reason why we're putting so much emphasis on knowing yourself is because eventually what's super important is to find this USP, like unique selling preposition or what is going to be your competitive advantage. You're not a firm, <laughs> you're, a, you're a human being, um, but you also have some great strength and things that you should definitely you know, bring forward when you're talking to, let's say, your recruiter. Um, and how do you discover that about yourself? And I think something that's also important, aside from your USP, it's knowing yourself in the context of a specific industry or knowing yourself in the context of a specific business structure. Because obviously not all of us would be fulfilled working in a startup. Not all of us would be fulfilled working for a multinational. Uh, we don't all want to work in consulting. We all don't want to work in the luxury industry um, and so on and so forth. So. I think the first step would be, what am I good at? What do I want to do? What are the things that I can compromise on? And what are the things that I don't want to compromise on? And then what type of industry, what type of company structure do I want to find in my future career? So that whenever you're going to talk to recruiters, it's going to make sense. It's not just going to be about, oh, I love this industry because, I don't know. It's fancy. Exactly. It's fancy and I'm going to make a lot of money and so on and so forth. No, I actually thought it through. I, you know, come to you with a real career project and journey and that's where I want to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that relates to our third small point when it comes to self-discovery is um, think about your goals and overall aspirations. Yeah. So basically, I would say if you are able to combine your unique selling proposition and your goals to persuade the employer that you are fully, highly motivated to work for them, not just for a short term because of, because of the package, because of the uh, benefit, but because, because you're also self-fulfilling in a sense where you know that where you're working towards is in the same direction with the company then at that point, your employer would also be more convinced that you'll be staying longer with them. You would be willing to push a mile further when you're facing a lot of things, when you're juggling through a lot of things on your plates. And I think that's something also very important right now. Um, so back when I was um, the HR talent acquisition, we not only look for hard skills on your resume, like a lot of people nowadays have Python, have computer science background but dealing with data is good you check the box but what else differentiates you from other candidates is what how much you show me you're interested in our company or you're interested in this role and how much you're gonna push yourself when when you're tired when you're frustrated and so if you're if you're able to identify and say this is my goal and this goal is also what your company is could offer me then i would say personally for you you would be more motivated you would want to spend more time on your job and you wouldn't feel that overwhelmed but also at the same time for the employer there would also would 
be more willing to employ you in the long run as well absolutely and asking yourself questions could be as simply as am i do i get bored fairly quickly or do i like routine could also be uh do i want to work in the same department or do i want to you know work on a various like range of topics those are things that i think could be valuable for you to understand so that you understand how you work and eventually where you want to go um for example myself so um i used to think that i wanted to work within a specific department and now i'm realizing that currently at that stage of my life i'm not that i'm getting getting bored fairly quickly but i need to be stimulated and so that means that perhaps i can be a project manager for example and working on different projects i don't know i'm still figuring it out but asking myself those questions enables me to understand a lot more about myself and about my overall career project Mm -hmm. or what i want to do And in that sense, that leads us to our second topic, which is exposure. So how basically do you put yourself out there, whether that be online or offline? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, for example, you know, like online, we have so many different social media, professionally, personally. Um, When we talk about like professional circumstances of like online exposure, definitely we will think of LinkedIn. I'm, I I have to admit, I'm not personally very active on LinkedIn, but I would say in terms of like, it's a very good channel for you to reach out to people that you might not know offline. And it's also very important how you build your personal brand in terms of like when you message alumni or when you message people that have already worked in the industry that you want to work in how do you message them what what's the tone that you talk to them and um how how do you phrase your words and that would also influence a lot on how people look at you or perhaps in the future will they think of you when they have another opportunity um but then also online personally like for example Instagram not many people would uh, really like pay attention on what they say on Instagram but I also think that could also be a potential channel where you meet people or how people see you absolutely and if you let's say post negative stuff on Instagram then people would see you as in like a a more you know negative or not a very uh, optimistic person then perhaps when they interact with you offline, it would also affect how they see you. Absolutely. I feel like we, or at least our generation, has pretty much understood that everything that you put on the internet is going to remain on the internet. So we have to be extra cautious about what we're putting out there because eventually it's going to affect our brand image. Um, there, ha- I've heard of the story of a man working in finance, partner in a really, you know, quite established um, bank. And basically he was recruiting for a junior position and the guy that he interviewed didn't get the job. And so he was mad and he went and did some research and found some pictures on Facebook of this uh, partner. And he published things when he was 16, 17 of him going like skinny dipping uh, with friends. And so when that came out, so he sent all the pictures to the big boss and eventually this partner got fired. So just for all of us to remember that even if you think, oh, I'm 15, 16, 17, 20, 25, what I'm putting out there when I'll be 35, 40, no one will think about it. Mm. 
there will be some people eventually, perhaps not, but perhaps yes, that could be checking what you posted at the time. Mm -hmm. So we have to be cautious about it. And I also wanted to quickly touch upon like LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, for those of you who want to check, you get assigned a LinkedIn user score grade. Basically, the grade relates to how much you interact with other users. And basically, for some positions, internships, or even job position, like uh, permanent jobs, you have the possibility sometimes to apply directly through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And what LinkedIn does is, um, if you have a higher score, and if you interact more, you comment more, you like more posts, you reply to comments uh, more frequently, then you have a higher chance of reaching out to recruiters or having your profile being seen by recruiters. So that's also a tip that I would give is whenever you also have the possibility of being perhaps a little bit more active on LinkedIn, if you're applying or you're thinking of applying, really try to be interactive and even post, um, share some news. It doesn't have to be, sorry, bullshit, <laughs> really. Uh, try to bring forward things that are really meaningful and important to you. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely something that can help you or you, at least your profile being seen. Um, there's one thing that I remembered very clearly when I started my uh, career like two years ago. A mentor from, from my previous company told me, because I really looked upon on her and she was like the one, you know, like she's, she doesn't have really a lot of work experience, but I felt like she could really collaborate very well with senior managers. The senior managers also trusted her. And so I asked her for like kind of like her advice on how she built her personal brand. Um, and what she said to me was, you need to first imagine how you wanted people to see you. You need to kind of help others to navigate through how they're going to perceive you. So, for example, if you want people to see you as a trustworthy partner, then you need to think of scenarios where you can build this image as a trustworthy person. And so in that sense, you will need to find ways to, you know, like when you're working cross function, how you can build trust even outside of your team your HR team or other teams or for example when you're presenting a deck how are the details where you can let people believe that you're a trustworthy partner after having that mindset I was more cautious in a lot of different scenarios then slowly towards that goal eventually I was I think I was more perceived as the trustworthy person when I consciously worked on that and I think that also helped a lot that would also help a lot in the long term where in the future, perhaps when your manager is considering who to promote, then if they want to promote a trustworthy person, perhaps you'll be the one. Mm -hmm. But if you don't really work on that, then maybe no one's going to remember you, who you are, who's they have so many young junior employees who's going to be promoted. Mm -hmm. You're not going to stand out. Yeah. So having this personal brand concept in mind could potentially help you to be um, remembered in some distinct way. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we, we talked already about the online presence, but then with offline events, such as, let's say, career fairs, how, how do you personally deal with the brand image? How do mm. you put it forward? Um, so what I would do would pretty much 
similar as if I'm applying for, let's say, master's or a job. I wouldn't always find what I've done before or what I personally felt interested in and introduce myself with the story that combines or aligns also with the company. So for example, if I'm interested, if I did, because I worked in a cosmetic retail company, um, if I'm talking to another, let's say in a tech industry with also do who's also doing retail business, I'm going to link that connection. So I would say, so I worked in a cosmetics industry, but also focusing on retail. Um, and I'm also interested in your company, even though you're in the tech industry, but I, I'm sure there's a connection with within retail mm-hmm. industry. So that's why I'm interested in your um, part of the of the world. And I want to know more, blah, blah. So try to find one connection first. And so when they perhaps after they like after meeting a lot of people, they would rem- remember perhaps, oh, this one girl, she said she's interested in my company because she used to work in something similar, even though that was not tech, but maybe it was also in, in retail. And what other things she said also was linked to my business. I think that's something you need to find the connection in 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 the nutshell. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I definitely agree with what you were saying. Is it's about establishing a connection, and I think sometimes um, candidates or at least people who attend career fairs they think that it's only going to be about them, but actually it's more about the recruiters than it is about the candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I would approach a career fair. I generally don't go to career fairs thinking that I will get a job or that I will get an internship, that I will get an interview. To me, the goal is to talk to people, to get some names, uh, to ask my questions, to get answers. That's the main priority that I have whenever I'm attending career fairs. And then what I do generally is I want the recruiters to talk because while they're talking, I can understand the company's universe and values better. And then I can tell them how I relate to that. Because otherwise, I think we all have an idea of what the company is, of what, what we can bring to the company. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking a lot, but then we're not really listening. No. Um, and they're there to answer your questions and to share about the company. So I would just go out there. I would ask my questions. I would try to know as much as I can about the company, about what they're doing, about the department that I'm interested in. And then using the self-discovery uh, tools and my competitive advantage, I would bring my strength forward and explain, like, let's say, I don't know, a company sharing about their particular values. And I think it's really a great element of differentiation for them. And there's one of those values that I can really relate to and that, you know, corresponds to one of my strengths. Then I would perhaps say, oh, well, you know what? It's great. I, I really do appreciate this particular value within your company because I do truly relate to this. You know, I've taken that test, but I've also seen it through a special example, you know, like you can talk about uh, something that you've experienced throughout your academic journey or even a professional experience. And then they will instantly in their mind, consciously or unconsciously, they will say, oh, actually that person can really relate to who we are and what we want to do and our overall purpose without you even mentioning it they will mention something and then you just replying is already going to make that connection in their minds. I totally agree. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. And in that sense, that's uh, when you're interacting with people you don't know. But perhaps if that uh, if you want to get more deeper, you know, feedback or uh, how people think about you, I think one other thing which comes to our third point is mentoring. 
Do you have any idea of where or how you can get a mentor? Because I feel like nowadays we really rely a lot on, you know, networking and stuff. And networking could also lead to a good mentor. Absolutely. Um, but like, what's your approach on knowing someone who would be willing to mentor people like us? So I think there are a lot of programs, um, you know, within universities, but also within companies where you can get a mentor and that person can offer you guidance and feedback on how to build like your career journey overall. Um, what I've seen as, so that's one thing. And then if that's not really available to you or that's not something that you would be you know, willing to consider, I feel like there are a lot of like cocktails or networking events um, that could be super useful where you're just meeting people. But I also feel it's important not to... Um, It's, it's one thing to want to find a mentor, but you shouldn't want to find a mentor um, just because, of, you know, just, just for the sake of it. I think it's important to find a mentor who, really, who, who can understand where you come from, with whom you would feel comfortable sharing. Because a mentor is not just going to be there for, you know, all the great things that are happening and just for you to share and be like, oh yeah, I got accepted there. And oh, I did this and that. No. A mentor is truly going to be useful when you're down, when uh, you're unsure, you're uncertain, you have doubts, uh, you've experienced setbacks, drawbacks, failures. They're there for that. So you definitely need to find someone who has, to a, or who, to a certain extent, understands where you come from and with whom you feel comfortable sharing all of these less positive things that are happening you know, sure. during your career. Yeah. I, I totally agree with how you like find mentors externally through events and everything. But I also think it's very helpful if you can find a mentor within your company. So people who doesn't necessarily need to be super senior, but perhaps people who have like three or four years more um, experience than you. At least they've been through not long ago for uh, what whatever you've been through perhaps. Um, and they can also relate to you since you're not, you don't have a huge age gap. And in that sense, what I would do personally is I would always like prepare little cards or little gifts, um, like for example, on, on holidays or Christmas, just to express my gratitude for their, even, even, even if it's just a feedback or their presence for being there when I'm in my ups and downs and whenever you think about them and when you have a question or a problem and when you come to them they would be more than willing to help you because they know you care about them and you're not just getting advice from them when you need these mentors so I think on a soft side also that's very important on how you like build this connection and the the relationship with people not just professionally but also personally And I think that's more powerful, resonating to what you said. You need to find people who understands you. And if you're just building on a very pro professional surface, it's n very hard to get into a more deeper level. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I think most of the time, the relationship isn't going to be labeled as mentorship. Uh, it's mostly going to be just you having a great relationship with someone that you've worked with or someone that you know, you resonated with and then eventually you enjoy and you can really benefit from 
this person's like advice and this person is truly interested in you know helping you out and seeing how this how he or she or they can help you grow professionally so don't expect some like someone to just come to you and be like do you like do you want to be my mentee or do you want to be my mentor because generally those relationships are not labeled yeah um but yeah overall so of course the the path to self-discovery and and you know f- gaining exposure it's 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 a pretty long process it is. It uh is. but we're thinking about like all of our current you know friends and colleagues who are you know currently looking for internships and and job opportunities as well um you know hopefully you'll get great great news soon and if you don't don't worry it's not because you have one negative answer that this defines your worth Mm -hmm. you are worthy of the industry that you want to work in you're worthy of the company it's perhaps not the right place than the right time but you'll get there eventually so never lose hope Uh, it will come Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure it will come eventually. And I re- truly wish the best to everyone. Also, good luck. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, thank you again for tuning in. Thank and you so much. And we'll be looking forward to our upcoming episode. Bye. Bye-bye. We hope you liked this episode. Don't forget to follow and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, we always love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to DM us on our Instagram, The20s Project.